Anybody don't can know talk why. to furniture when they're stoned. I think well, that's the a feature talks, of being yeah. stoned. The, the furniture talks back. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hello. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome! And welcome. Welcome! Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones in Podcast. I am Dry Argeletta, joined by Robbie. A. And E. Hello. And this week, we are not doing a double feature. Uh, for a little while at least. Uh, today, I think that one scarred you just a little bit. Yeah, that was, oh, that was a long edit. <laughs> today we are watching Inside Lewin Davis, written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, otherwise known as the Cohen Brothers. Oh, the ones that <laughs> didn't make the Garfield movie, right? They did not make the Garfield movie, <laughs> <You're right>. no. <laughs> 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 just their names popped in my head because of that. Because the Bill Murray thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, don't, no. I don't think I've ever seen any of their actual movies. I just remember that one fact. Fun <laughs> fact you have. Oh, fuck. What? No Country for Old Men. Oh. Yeah. Good yeah. movie. Been a while. Good movie. Very good movie. Maybe we'll be able to get on this podcast at some point. Anyway, before we get to talking about this movie, uh, let's start with me. Hello. How is it going? Pretty good. Uh, the animation I've been talking about nonstop every week for several years now. Yeah. Uh, is done. It's you, out. Yeah. I, I watched it. it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yep. It's like really charismatic and like jumpy and fun. It took a long ass time and I should have asked for more money, but that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's good. It looks yeah. good. It, yeah. It was... Fun and the last part was kind of fun because I ended it on like a, like a faux fighting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to explain to Liz what uh main meant. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's out. I don't know what specifically you could search to find it, but you probably could. <laughs> I don't think searching the name would get you. Knee undead. Press start. Maybe. Maybe. I haven't tried that yet, but Me you know, either. Possibly. Just look up any just look up all those words <laughs> and maybe you'll eventually find it. Yeah, free advertisement. <laughs> In whatever random order. Yeah, like undead start snee press. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll still come up actually. YouTube's algorithm is weird. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh playing games as per usual. I started the Wizard of Oz, but I'm not too far in it. Yeah. It's absurd so far. Yeah. Seems insane, absolutely insane. Yeah, very recently, so recently, in fact, I think only about an hour and a half ago, I started watching Odd Taxi. Odd Taxi. It's uh, it's an anime about a taxi driver. Is the taxi odd? No, he's odd. So it's his taxi, and he is odd. Yeah, is his name it's, odd? It's, no. Oh, that was like an Odd Thomas spinoff. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> um, I just thought it was like kind of a comedy about this taxi man and like the people who get in apparently it's also a murder mystery or Ooh. like there's a mystery in general i guess so i'm I, actually interested in it i like murder you do mysteries you commit one every year <laughs> they'll never catch the zodiac killer <laughs> the sea strike every year no <laughs> that's, how, that's how good he is <laughs> This is an unrelated <laughs> statement. Just yeah, like I just felt like saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I got three episodes before I came over here. It's pretty good. I'm honestly, I'm very like into it. Animated, I presume. Yeah. Okay. Where's it at? It's on Verve. 
It's an anime. Uh, no, the one you don't have, uh, or like anime. You can watch your favorite anime on it, though. I think Big O's on it. It is. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Why don't you exclusively get this just to keep rewatching Big O, your favorite anime? I would actually like to rewatch that. Well, I mean, it also has Digimon Try, which is something. That you oh, said it does. Also, I, think I think it's all the does. Digimons. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, I told you that. <laughs> We've told you both of these facts before. Yeah, well, when it's anime, I kind of just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's ones you like. Yeah. <laughs> In one ear, out the other. But, um, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Probably next week I'll finish it, but that's a big ask, honestly, for me. Okay. It was. I was surprised I even started it. I just like looked at the clock. I was like, there's not like enough time to start a game. Mm, I hate when that and happens. It's not short enough where I can just not do anything and then leave. So I watched that instead. What generally happens with me with that is like, oh, I can't like sit down and really play something. There's not enough time for that. I can't really like sit down and really watch something. And so I just sort of sit there for 45 minutes. I <laughs> usually do too, but it was much longer than 45 minutes. <laughs> and unlike you, if I'm like, I got like, Time to watch two episodes of a thing. I will. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Whereas you're like, ah, oh, I can't watch the entire seven se- seasons of this show. <laughs> so I guess I just won't. Yeah, kind of, actually. <laughs> Who's, I think it's Robbie's turn Yeah, to talk <laughs> about life. How life. I'm waiting. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> so there's only like two things that have really happened this week that I feel are actually worth discussing. Uh, the rest of it is just work, right. honestly. So talked last yeah last week right about how a bullet hole went through my car yeah yeah um i finally fixed the wiring harness because uh i couldn't get one of the lights to turn on for the longest time and i was like basically pulling my hair out trying to get it to um trying to get it to work yeah turns out the light bulb was just dead (laughs) and so i changed out the light bulb like before i came here i changed out the light bulb and it works yeah it works now so I, I don't know. I haven't tested yet, but I'm pretty sure that's why. <laughs> I, I purposefully backed into the uh, to the parking spot at the uh, auto place that's near where I live, just so that way I can like look into their uh, look through the window to make sure my lights were working. It wasn't another uh, human being you could ask. Uh, at first it was gel, but like it was just me waking her up while she was sleeping. Like I, 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 I need you to just hold down my brake while I check my lights. Like you can do that for me really quick, please. And like just doing that to her and her being annoyed with me. <laughs> oh, good. But yeah, like eventually, cause like I couldn't get the light to work and it's, it was one of those, like it burned out, but the only way you could tell is if you, you were looking for a very small burnt spot on the inside of the bulb, like it didn't like break the filament how it's supposed to. Yeah. So yeah, like I was just pulling my hair out over the fact that I had a dead bulb. Good. So that was fun. Uh, the other thing is um, something interesting happened with YouTube recently. I posted it on uh, the Facebook group that me and you are both on. The um, cult. The cult. Yeah, the cult. <laughs> um, there's an interesting scam going on with like YouTube ads. Yeah, I saw that. That's actually yeah. really weird. You can scam a YouTube ad. Yeah. Well, like you know how you have like those mobile games and like they have like the really crappy. Um, the really crappy trailers for them and everything like that. Yeah, and they're designed to annoy you so that you download and you're like, I can do this, watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like that. But this one, it actually looked good. <laughs> is is that the scam? <laughs> yeah, like that's a scam. The like, scam yeah. is it was a good video game. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, so the scam is, is like, uh, I'll show you some clips whenever we go downstairs to like, watch a movie and everything. Okay. Um, It's a, this game called Evertale. And they had these advertisements, and it looked very much like, you know, like old Pokemon-esque styled games, but, like, there's a horror element to it, almost like, you know, 
by taking these creatures and training in the battle and stuff like that, you become more of a monster yourself. And there's like this sense of like maybe like it shows like Pokemon like actually attacking people and killing them and like making it look like a Pokemon creepypasta game almost. It's like, oh, this actually looks like something I would play. Like it looks really interesting. I Googled it and there's a video on it. Like if you Google Evertail, there's like one of the first videos that'll pop up is uh, a million dollar scam that nobody is talking about. And because apparently it's a waifu collector game. <laughs> what? Yeah. And it's also a game that you have to pay 99 cents to like, it's not a free to play. It's a, uh-huh. you pay 99 cents for the game. Oh. And uh, apparently this game's been out for years, but recently they started using like these horror ads and like, what the actual game is and what the uh, advertisements are are two very different things. So it's not but anything close to it. No, not at all. It's um. So it's false advertising. Yeah, yeah, it's very much false advertising. This is very much just a scam. Huh. Well, games are notorious for literal false advertising, like just showing different games sometimes. Yeah. Huh. But like, what gets me about it is like the more research I did into this and like looked into it, because there's a couple videos where people are discussing this. Apparently, like the company bought the assets to like make a game like that so they can make these fake trailers so they legitimately are like making levels so they can make it seem like it's an actual game if they put this much effort into making an actual pokemon creepypasta game i would give them 99 cents for the game but they're doing it to try to get me to download this other game and like but then you would only pay 99 cents instead of buying their waifu simulator game where you can pay a billion dollars to find the perfect png of your wife <laughs> Your actual one. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the weirdest part about that is I'm not married. Where's that, like, d- bad horror movie? Like, someone buys, gets, like, a gotcha game, and, like, as they keep going, they get start getting real people on their phone. Dance called OK Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, uh, like, part of the reason why I almost got it, because, like, if you look it up on a Google Play, it's, like, 4.5 stars on there. Oh, yeah. It's and there's, like, there's well over a million downloads on just the Android app st- store alone. So, like, I was thinking, like, yeah, this is a real thing until I Googled the game and realized, like, oh, this is a scam for a game that already has over a million downloads on it. Does it not have, like, any screenshots of the actual game on the storefront? No. Isn't, that's illegal, right? You would think. Yeah, but who's going to contest it? True, I guess. Like, are, yeah, you, like, are you going to take it to court? No. Like, yes. That's, uh, that's my duty as a civilian. <laughs> that's my duty as a gamer. <laughs> well, like, apparently people are, like, trying to contact support and asking, like, why are they doing this with their thing? Because, like, the game, it like, the guy who was talking about it says the game, it's not great, but it's not bad kind of thing. So, so he's like, like, he doesn't understand why they have to do this false advertising for it. Is it just Pokemon, but waifus? No, kind of. Just have like, like little waifus. Well, like you, you collect, like you do like monster collection, like in the actual Evertail game. From like the footage I've seen, like you do have monsters and like they do fight for you in like a turn-based style, but it looks more almost like um like Final Fantasy VI style Weird. fighting. But like, and you do have like little monsters that you collect and everything. But like your main character is basically almost like waifu material, I guess you can say. This like so, yeah, like anime. The lady. whole. The whole thing is bizarre to me, and I felt like talking about it because, like, it just seems weird that they would go through these lengths for this. It's super weird. Yeah. Huh. I mean, if they think it'll work. <laughs> well, anyways, I mean, Horny does sell games. Horny does sell games. Well, like, but, also, but this is the opposite. Like, yeah, like they're using, they're, like, oh, yeah, right. yeah, they're, they're baiting you stuff. with like cool, creepy stuff to get you into Horny. When I feel like they could just show a PNG of whatever the main character looked like. Yeah, well, like because I get those, I get those advertisements too of just like, whoa, look at this girl, and whoa, look how much cleavage you can see. Yeah, of her. it's like, would you fuck? Yes, no, and if you hit <laughs> would yes, you fuck it this sends you to drawing? jail. 
Oh, I, I have an old man question here. What's PNG? <laughs> it's uh, it's an image file. It's just the extension of an image file. It's like a JPEG. Oh! <laughs> Did you think it was like this term that's like yeah. P-E-N-J-I-I uh-huh. yep. yep. or something weird? No. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just a joke with um a lot of the gotcha games because like, you know, people spend billions of dollars to just get like a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean... To be fair, the actual mobile game that like I have running in the background while I'm at work, there's some people who legitimately have hundred thousand dollar accounts on that because they're just like throwing money at it. Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Well, cool. I yeah. guess I just know you can just do illegal things now and yeah. no repercussions. Apparently, you have to learn the code internet. first, though. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I need you to do illegal things. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> seeing those advertisements just makes me want to learn coding so I can make my own Pokemon creepypasta game. Might not have blackjack and hookers. <laughs> But yeah, how's the hosts with the least PNGs? <laughs> how's the host.jpg? <laughs> um, doing great. Doing good. Had a hell of a time editing last week's episode. Right? Yeah, I bet you never slept. Went from a three hour and like 40 minute episode to like about three, 240? Okay. Right. So I okay. cut like an hour. I was just, I. Just nonsense. Yeah. Yes, that's fair. Actually, some of it wasn't even nonsense. Some of it was good discussion, but I had to like draw a line somewhere. So uh, <laughs> if you want to hear that discussion, go and subscribe to our Patreon. We don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Create a Patreon for us. Don't do that, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of the only interesting thing going on with me is I started watching Doctor Who again. Ooh, hey. from the originals that don't exist anymore? No. <laughs> the, the newer ones from where I left off like a couple of years ago. So I go through like this thing of like I don't watch Doctor Who for a long time because they come out so slowly, and I just watch all of it and then wish that there was more. Who would you leave off on, Tenet? No, no, no. I I started off from where I left off last time. So I'd already watched all of Tenet. I already watched okay. Matt Smith. Um, Are you on the the female one then? I just got to her. I haven't oh, watched her okay. first episode yet, but I just finished the Capaldi one. So the next time I watch it, I'll be on her and I'll get to uh, see what all of the uh, incels hated about it. Cool. I bet it's the fact that she's female. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because <laughs> that's what that's what the internet does. Yeah. I just like I'm not in the Doctor Who dis like circle uh-huh. bubble, obviously. I don't know why obviously, but <laughs> um but like I remember people getting super pissed when that first came out and then no one ever talked about it. Yeah, because I think it turns out that she's like actually really good and uh, a really good Doctor Who. So mm-hmm. they couldn't complain that like not my Doctor Who. Uh, actually, the one thing I hear a lot in the, uh, not hear a lot, that I see a lot in the comments, because I have, like, like them on social medias and stuff like that, so I can see random stuff, uh-huh. um, is, like, this is libtard Doctor Who. And, like, it's a bunch of that stuff. Is that all Doctor Who? Yeah, he's, Wasn't like. always kind of leaning liberal? Uh-huh. Super liberal. Extremely yeah. liberal. His whole thing is don't murder and always do the right thing. <laughs> That's his whole thing. I, yeah. Just like the way you put it, like all Republicans murder and always do the wrong thing. Well, I mean, because <laughs> I haven't watched all of them, but like whenever I was in Utah, I was dating a girl who's called or who dubs herself a Whovian. Uh huh. And uh, so yeah, like I know some of the stuff, and I've watched it up to like some of the David Tennant mm-hmm. uh, episodes, but I kind of fell off of it after a while. Good series though, but I do remember that like one of the episodes that I feel is very Doctor Who was the um the World War Two episode. The Are you Which my one? mommy? Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. one's great. Uh, cause like at the very end of that one though, like he keeps on like it gets to the point where like 
nobody dies and everybody actually is better off because they fixed it. And he's like, keeps on saying how he needs more days like that. So like, I feel like that was a very, you want to get the idea of like what he's like. That's a good episode. He goes into the worst situations, puts himself in the biggest danger to try and help people. And usually a lot of people die. And then yeah. screws Usually. People. But in this case, it didn't. And like he was that it was the happiest he was because nobody died. In Doctor that Who does not screw people. What's the point of the screwdriver? Sonic it's a, screw. It's Sonic not, screwdrivers. It's, it's not a, what the fan theories say. It's not a screwdriver. It's not just a screwdriver? Screw Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. They do call it a Sonic screwdriver for a while, yeah. though. And uh, <laughs> it, it's mostly... I think the reason why he calls it a screwdriver is because it's kind of like a multi-purpose. Yeah, it's a it's a multi-purpose tool, is what it is. Well, that's the most fun part about it is that like it wasn't always around. They put it out in the second Doctor. It came and went just depending on like who was playing the Doctor at the time and what it does changes depending on the Doctor. It's like when it was Tenant, you couldn't do anything with it except for like scan technology and stuff. Fancy. Yeah, like it was like to override doors and like he would do the thing and and look at it and be like, all right, thing, thing, thing. And like put out a All bunch right, of. All right, this knowledge. is a door. Kind of sometimes. <laughs> um, and then like when it went to Matt Smith, it was like, okay, it can do this and this, and then I can like make other some non-technology things happen sometimes. MacGyver. And then it got to Capaldi, and son screwdriver's just a gun sometimes. <laughs> so it just depends on who's playing them. It's just actually a Glock. You just like. <laughs> like, man, that's a really bold design decision on the. Some of the doctors <laughs> like the- had a son screwdriver, and then it broke, and they stopped using it. That seems fair. Capaldi at first had sonic sunglasses because he also played an electric guitar and was like a cool old man thing. Like it's Doctor Who's ridiculous. It's it fantastic. Is. I, one day I'm interested in watching it. I don't know where the hell I would start, and I know I'd probably finish one season and then never watch it again. So. It's a lot. There's a yeah. lot of Doctor Who. Yeah. It's long. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I with can't like even first... start at the beginning either because it's lost media. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, with Eccleston, it was kind of a reimagining of Doctor Who in a weird way. So like. The, first, the one season he's on, you get a very good sense of who the Doctor is and what he does just in that one season. And they catch up with like a bunch of classic monsters in like the yeah. first two seasons. They, they, they set you straight right away, pretty much. Anyway, let's yeah. get on to this. Sure. What we're doing here and not Doctor Who. Inside, Lewin Davis. Neither of you have heard of it, have you? No. Probably not. Well, uh, runtime, 104 minutes. It is rated R for language, including sexual references. Hooray! Uh, we're going to be watching the Blu-ray copy of it. Also, I guess I should say, it, start, it has a lot of people in it. I, I figured we may as well finally do this. I've been talking about how I've like been, have had this on the back burner for <laughs> yeah. months and months all the time. Apparently, this was the first movie he ever planned us to watch. <laughs> but we did an Oscar Isaac movie last week, so I figured we would do another one. So, starring Oscar Isaac, Carrie Mulligan, John Goodman, Garrett Hedlund, and Justin Timberlake. Okay. Which sounds weird, but it fit. Can't wait for him to show up and he's like, Backstreet's back, all right. And that's the only nope, thing he does in his movie. Nope, that's he's in sync. Damn it. And <laughs> <laughs> sync's back, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I could actually tell you the difference between them. Well, you see, <laughs> one of them is a boy band consisting of five members. One of them is the pretty boy. One's uh-huh. the know-it-all. One's the bad boy. One's the young one. And one's just there. <laughs> okay. And then... And in sync, the same thing. <laughs> okay. So you can see how they're pretty distinct from each other. Which one's Timberlake? Is he the young one? Blonde yes. young one, yeah. He's like the oh. innocent one. Even though <laughs> I doubt that. No, he's no. super not. Like that's <laughs> you know, boy bands, so. Um looking at this cover, what do you guys think this is about? Because you guys have not heard about this at all. Sad right? band. Okay. 
I mean, I look at that, it makes me think of some guy living in New York in 1970. Seems to have a pet raccoon. <laughs> it's a cat. Oh, <laughs> it looks like a raccoon from here. It'd be so much better if it were a raccoon. Disclaimer, <laughs> right. I am like a couple of feet away from it, and it's a black and white photo. I feel like E needs a movie about a guy who's depressed, but he has a pet raccoon that basically acts like Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back and like is just digging into everything all the time. I would love it. It's like, mm, go outside, you should. It's still like the Yoda voice. It's still like it's Yoda. <laughs> it's still Frank Oz that's uh, voicing the raccoon. Eat your trash, I will. I almost read the back of the box, which would have been a bad decision. But You need a closer look, Robbie. Um, all right, so... From that picture and the title of the movie, mm-hmm. I believe this is a movie about a man who has cancer, okay. and uh, a brilliant scientist invents a machine that can actually shrink down and go inside Lewis Davis and destroy all the cancer cells in him, and they leave, and he's like, wow, I'm free of cancer, but not my depression. That's a movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's the one. It's not this movie. Yeah. Also, it's Lewin Davis, not Lewis Davis. <laughs> I'm gonna call him call it that every I time. Know you will. I, I know. Lewin's not a name. It's, it's a not name. a real name. Clearly, it's a name. Lewis is a name. Anyway, um, what was the movie I, I was talking I'm about? I'm guessing, that. which I'm kind of hoping it is, because I'm I'm a sucker for movies like this. But I'm guessing it's a guy who's a musician who moves to New York to try to make it big, and is from the look of the cars on the front screen, maybe in the '60s, early '70s. He's, you know, trying to make it as a musician in the big city. All right, all right. Good guess, good guess. But when uh, do they have to go inside Louis Davis? <laughs> um, let's read the back of the box here real quick, like. Inside Lewin Davis follows a week in the life of a young folk singer as he navigates the Greenwich Village folk scene of 1961. Lewin Davis, played by Oscar Isaac, is struggling to make it as a musician against seemingly insurmountable obstacles, some of them of his own making. Living at the mercy of both friends and strangers, Lewin's misadventures take him from the basket houses of Greenwich Village to an empty Chicago club on an odyssey to audition for musical mogul and back again. Robbie, did you read the back of the box when I wasn't looking? No, he's holding, <laughs> he's holding a guitar case. Wait, is he? Yeah. He is. Where? In his other hand. Don't let me look at you in my eyes. There's more to read. <laughs> I thought that was the part of the car. <laughs> yeah, he's holding a guitar case and a cat. In the front. Okay, of it. now I can see why you would guess that yeah. more likely. So, like, with him looking sad and being in the city, like, I was like, it very yeah. much the way that the front of the box looks, it looks like, I want to say, like, Little Italy in New York almost. I just, like I really thought you looked at this, like, sad man holding a cat and was like, okay, if I deduce the type of cars from <laughs> the models. And the, I mean, to be judge, fair, I looked judging, at the cars and it's like, those cars are from the 60s. And, like, judging by the circumference of. His shoe, I can determine he was a musician. And Robbie knows him as a guitar player when he sees one. Yeah. I do. <laughs> you right. know what they say about musicians with large feet? They keep good rhythm. The better to tap with. Yeah. I don't know. How yeah, many jokes did you want to try to just, um, just cut out and edit in whichever one was the best joke, you know? Okay, uh, let's keep going. Um, <laughs> It means they have long fingers. Um, They have to wear big gloves. Uh, they know where the clitoris is. <laughs> Why is long fingers and big gloves about having big feet? Why is having <laughs> big feet about I, having a big dick? <laughs> I don't know. That's. Oh, I thought we were talking about ears. 
what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish the description. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Brimming with music performed by Isaac, Justin Timberlake, and Carrie Mulligan, as well as Marcus Mumford and Punch Brothers. Inside Lewin Davis is an epic on an intimate scale. The film represents the Coen Brothers' fourth collaboration with multiple Grammy and Academy Award-winning music producer Teen Bone Burnett. <coughs> Teen Bone? T-Bone Burnett. Teen I was bone. losing breath. My bad. <laughs> okay. That's, that's the yeah. back of the box. I'm excited. I love movies like this. I'm interested to see what you guys will think of it. Drop my phone. <laughs> uh, the reason why I haven't brought it on after all this time is because I actually was very unsure what you guys will think of it. Okay. I'll um, be like, uh, clearly in scene 42, he is clearly not playing the guitar chord correctly. He is attempting a <laughs> C chord when clearly that is an F chord. See, and... Actually, as somebody who doesn't know about guitar, I'm wondering if that holds up. I think he does play the guitar himself in this. But I can give you a jest on like whether he's using the right chords or not. But the last time I watched this, I rented it from Redbox when it first came out, and I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> okay, and then I woke up and put it back to the point where I watched. It, and I was like, "Yeah, that was good." <laughs> so a, a, a glaring review of the movie. I fell asleep I, midway. That was eight I years put ago. It back. <laughs> to be fair, roughly where it was. the very first time I tried watching Snowpiercer, which you guys can say like agree, it's an exciting movie to watch. I fell asleep at the beginning of it, and I woke up during the credits. Yeah, it, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Well, you just osmosed it then. Osmosis Jones. Osmodius it? When are we watching Osmosis Jones for this podcast? Never, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just watched the, the cartoon that came after it, Ozzy and Drix, instead? That was a thing? Yep. Yeah. I actually watched that pretty religiously. No. Never, it's bad. <laughs> it has very little relation with the actual movie, honestly. It does. Like, what's his name even voice? No. Uh, I was going to say it. the only relation it has to the original is like um, there's a scene where like uh, what was supposed to be cartoon Bill Murray is like eating pizza and being just a gross slob. And like he sneezes and it sneezes Osmosis Joan and Drex out. And apparently like it eventually gets to a kid and they're basically living in a kid's body now. Yeah. Oh, like it barely has anything to do with the movie other than. Well, that makes sense characters. why they have to fight so many germs off then because they're in a kid now. Yeah. Ooh, adults, clever. Adults don't have germs? Well, kids actually get sick a lot longer or yeah, a lot more because fair. they don't have the immune system yeah, built up yeah. yet. Is that that's... why they made Bill Murray like a super slob? Mm-hmm. In that? Yeah. Because yeah. like, they had to come up with a reason. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Let's go watch the movie. I guess. All right. All, All right. right. We'll be back in a little bit. Cool. You. Watching Inside Lewin Davis. Wheel. Uh, let's get right into it, I guess. Let's start with the musician. See, it's funny us? because we all play instruments. Yeah. That's why yeah. that's the joke. If you did, if you guys haven't been listening, that's the joke for I don't know. Like I feel like the last time any of us playing an instrument came up was Whiplash. <laughs> Probably yeah, and that actually, was a while back. That was yeah. a long time ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. At least a week. At least a week. <laughs> at the yeah. very least, yes. <laughs> Uh, let's start with maybe Robbie, who will be slightly more positive on this. I'm not sure how he felt about it, on, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. Robbie. Movie fucking sucked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Uh, this movie is slow. Yeah. But it's weirdly realistic for what feels like a made-up character. Yeah. 
Okay, so Lou and Davis is not a real person. Then. Not a real person. Okay. No. Wanted to make sure because it, it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no, not a real person, but sort of based yeah, on it, history. Yeah, I was gonna say it feels very based off of some struggles that like musicians of the time had to deal with. Oh, for sure. And uh, because of that, like you know, you kind of see a lot of those. I don't know. It's almost like caution stories, uh, trying to you know follow the musician lifestyle. So it's a lot of stuff that, like, a lot of warnings people give you, like, whenever, like, oh, yeah, like, this is something that, like, I'd like to do for a living. Oh, well, you better have something to fall back on because you never know, blah, blah, blah. Never have dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) That's kind of some of the advice people give whenever you tell them you want to be an artist or a musician or uh, you want to be a writer or something, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Huh. What an interesting choice of (laughs) things you did there, Ruffy. They're all forms of art that people are just like, give up on your dreams. <laughs> An artist, a musician, a writer. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's just it's funny. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but no, like, people tend to be, I guess you can say real downers whenever someone says, like, that's what they want to do for a living. And they usually use stories that kind of this character leads through this movie as like a tale of caution towards wanting to, like, lead that lifestyle because, you know, you always hear about, like, you know, the lucky ones who, you know, they worked really hard and then, like, someone found them, uh, really liked their stuff and then they end up getting a record deal and end up, you know, making it big and everything. But you don't hear about the thousand other people who didn't make it big and but still, you know, struggled and tried to make that life work. Right. And it kind of follows one of those people who may or may not have actually made it big at all because, uh, like, just life just had different excuse me life had different plans for them it feels like sometimes but like this movie also is kind like it has some funny moments but it also has a lot of downer moments too it's very much if you take the music out of this movie it's very much just watching a man being just down on his luck like what might be the worst week of his life yeah yeah um and that's what i can say so far without being or without you know saying spoilers but like all in all, it was an enjoyable movie. It is a very slow burn movie. Like there is a lot of just watching and time passing in the movie. Yeah, but there are en- there are a lot of enjoyable moments too. It's just the week of this musician's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of his uh, daily struggles, mm-hmm. more or less. But like the way that it all culminates together, like kind of makes it seem like he may like. All those weeks are probably like, you know, bad weeks, but this one just seems like extraordinarily bad. Yeah. Extraordinarily. <laughs> <laughs> we can get more into that whenever we talk more about spoilers. Yeah. Um E. Hello. What were your thoughts on Inside Lou and Dave? It's fine. I'm not <laughs> I don't have any particularly strong feelings about it. Yeah. Honestly. It's funny. It's well written and well made. I guess like the shots are very well orchestrated and line of action all that is followed very well it just didn't really resonate with me okay i could see that honestly because i like i said even like the first time i watched this i almost i I did fall asleep (laughs) and i had to restart the movie so like i totally get the not not resonating part i think now that it's been like eight years since the first time i watched it i really really like this movie and there wasn't a lot of talk on, like, what I think this movie actually is online, at least not that I had seen. Maybe it's because I wasn't looking for that specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems pretty clear to me what this movie actually is now. Yeah, I'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. When you talk more spoilery stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, just like as like the general like kind of aimlessness of that kind of life for a lot of it, which can be to its advantage or disadvantage, depending on what kind of thing it is. Like, I don't like the weird like days blending together kind of thing that this movie does is just kind of something I experience anyways. It's not <laughs> doesn't really do anything to me. Okay. Um, and like. Like I said, this movie has a lot of really funny lines, and it is, again, well-written. I'm not particularly fond of the main character. Like, he's he's not... I don't really know how to describe why I have that opinion of him, other than, like, he's not anything I haven't seen before, I guess, like, with how he's written. He's not a terrible person, but he's flawed. He's, like... He's like an a, a tolerable shitty person. I would describe him as, but like not purposely shitty. That's, no, I he's think, not the like a t- he's not like intending to be. He's like he's his pessimistic lifestyle has kind of melted into his everyday dialogue. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Well, it's just kind of if you notice, people around him are always just telling him how shitty of a person that he is too, mm-hmm. and that kind of just comes off of him like not really knowing how to respond to that. Well, I think, like, he never really, like, internalizes a lot of that stuff either when people tell him that. He just kind of brushes it off. So, it's like, he strikes me as someone who's, like, kind of uh, defines himself like that because he's been told that so many times. He just took it as his personality rather than trying to fake something. Well, minor spoilers. Oh, no. What a surprise. He does eventually end up trying to better himself in ways. Who could have saw that before? That's that's such a new idea for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. It's it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with this movie, and I could easily see someone resonating more with it. But at where I am in my life right now, it just doesn't really do anything for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. As for me, I like I said, I already spoiled it. I really like this movie. This was um. Really fun in like a dour way. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely pessimistic. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. It's a very pessimistic movie from a pessimistic viewpoint. Um, with pessimistic humor. Yeah, it's a, it's a very low, down to earth. Maybe not down to earth. Maybe that's the wrong way of saying it. But it's like a very, it's a dour. It's a, it's a dour yeah. sense of humor. Um, sometimes it is down to earth though. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's about a folk singer. So yeah. and kind of his dealings with like selling out but also trying to stay true to what folk music is and like stay true himself but not really knowing what that actually is which i find really interesting yeah which i i do want to talk about that too but that i feel like that does go more into spoiler territory yeah yeah which we'll, we'll get there in a moment um but yeah i honestly i really do like this movie i would i would highly recommend it for anybody who even like who it was just like coen brothers movies uh, they all have a very it is, different tone, but this one's really nice. It is still very much a Coen's Brothers movie, though. Like, the way that people talk or the way that people just react to people. Like, I don't, this isn't considered spoilers. Like, something that's very Coen Brothers of them about it is, like, the scenes wherever he's riding on the subway and there's always just one guy who's staring at him and he's giving him that very Coen's Brothers stare. Oh, like Because you see that in other movies, too. Like, not always, like, whenever they're riding somewhere, but, like, sometimes whenever people are talking to each other and then, like, that guy's just you know, glaring at the other person. Yeah. That, that is very true to a lot of their movies. I mean, I feel like that's just kind of a life thing. I don't know, like, if you're ever on, like, a bus or a, like, even a train, 
like that just kind of happens sometimes like there'll just like you'll look around and then there's just someone staring at you <laughs> um i can't say i've experienced that actually uh, no, i have <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think general thoughts out of the way right probably yeah, yeah. i'll explain the very basic concept of what this movie is because there's not a ton to the concept of this movie nothing happens really Lewin Davis wakes up one day uh, on a couch because he's a couch surfing musician. He doesn't have a place to stay. He's kind of run his life ticket dry of like being able to garner favors from people. He's at the he's at the end of his rope for almost all of his friends and colleagues, more or less. And we are seeing the lowest part of his life, I would say, um, mm. in a lot of ways. Maybe I don't know. No, I, I was like a big is... thing that happens in the movie that I feel like off screen probably was a lower point in his life. I have a theory about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we're we're seeing how he's trying to exist as a musician, as a solo musician now, because he used to have a um Yeah, because he, he used wake- to have partner. a partner. Yeah, because yeah. he does uh it does show him like waking up on a couch and then like he goes to he's like just eating some eggs and he looks through his friend's records and he finds an old record that he had of him and his friend mm-hmm. whenever they were, you know, doing music together. And he just kind of looks at it and just kind of has like this moment, like this <sighs> moment while looking at the record. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Then you get to this entire movie is just a week of his life. This next week of his life, he goes and he plays these kind of underground gigs and these very small folksy clubs or bars or whatever you want to call them. Um, I call it a dive bar. Dive bar, yeah, that's perfect. Gets very small amounts of money from that. Uh, he he um, starts struggling with the idea of that he needs to like move forward in his career, and everybody keeps telling him how shitty he is and how much he needs to move forward in his career. And the entire plot of this movie is just showing him trying to get a gig and then realizing he can't, more or less, without spoiling what actually happens in it. Yeah. That's, that's it, really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an aimless movie. Even... The directors know how insanely aimless it was. Um, they actually have a nice quote here that I got. Joel Cohen remarked that the film doesn't really have a plot. That concerned us at one point. That's why we threw the cat in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a subplot about him losing the friend's cat. Yeah, yeah, that's that is one of the first things that happens. Is like he's trying to like leave. He leaves his friend a note saying like, "Thanks, I was a mess last night." Uh, oh yeah, thanks for letting me crash. I was a mess last night, and then like opens the front door to try to, uh, you know, go to wherever he's going next, and the cat runs outside yeah. of the house. And Very relatable if you own a cat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say spoilers from here on out. Okay. Um, This movie is very much a tone piece. Yeah. So it's hard to describe exactly what you're feeling. Think of gray and blue, uh, and then just put on your favorite folk music for an hour and a half, and that's kind of the tone of this movie. Yeah. Very yeah, it's very dour color choice with the yeah. sprinkles of like orange and stuff for yes. the cat. Yeah, think of the tone of overclass, overcast clouds, and it's constantly raining. That's kind of the, in a weird way, the feeling of this movie. Yeah, the whole movie also takes place mostly in New York, uh, some in Chicago during winter. Yeah, so I want to go into my actual theories of what this is. Uh-oh. Right away, actually. Okay. I want to get that out of the way. All right. I'm pretty sure he's in purgatory. <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting take. Um, 
It's something that I didn't really pay attention to the first time I watched it eight years ago, or maybe I did and I just shrugged it off. But it's all very gray and blue, mm-hmm. and the movie starts off the same way it ends, with the same exact cycle of things. You didn't lose the cat that time, though. You didn't lose the cat that time, which maybe shows the cycle has ended and he can move on. Um, but, yeah, so he... he uh, you can kind of guess that he has the same interaction in the upcoming week because the movie starts with like, hey, I had a rough night last night. Thanks for letting me stay here. Well, I guess, I think even before that, it shows him playing at the dive bar. Then like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, your, fr- your friend's out in the alleyway. It's like, what? And like, he goes back to the alleyway and some guy's there. He's like, oh, so you're the Joker, huh? Like, what do you mean I'm the Joker? You know, the Joker at the bar? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Side to mess up someone else's performance hey man it's not it's a bar it's not the opera the guy punches him in the face and then kicks him while he's down yeah and you know then he wakes up at his friend's house and yeah moving forward yeah which you get to start to see that happen again at the end of it yeah the other thing is that like we mentioned before he has a partner or had a partner and he says that he well we end up learning in the movie that the partner died from jumping off of the washington bridge the george washington bridge I don't think his partner's the one that jumped. You think he's the one who jumped? I do. I think he's the one that jumped off the bridge, and this is basically us watching him live his last terrible week over and over again in Purgatory. Knowing Coen Brothers movies, that is a very much a possibility. Yeah. Especially like whenever you find out things like uh, another one of their famous movies, uh, No Country for Old Men. That movie's about retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Like, they straight up came out and said, like, yeah, the movie's about retiring. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's my theory so. on it anyway, because everybody that he runs into is just constantly shitting on him and telling him that he has no future. Yeah. And every time he tries to get a leg up, it kicks him back down and puts him back at square one, which is what I would presume purgatory is like. You're just living a, not, maybe not the worst week of your life, yeah. but an awful week of your life over and over and over again. And you can never just get one up. That is a good theory. Yeah. I do know, like, there are some people who I feel like their real life is like that. I know mine felt like that for at one point in time to where it felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over and over again and almost like just reliving the same week every single week. Yeah. The uh, the fact of, like, how everybody just forgives him yeah. and he gets to do the same thing again and... Becomes this never-ending cycle almost. Yeah, it, it is. It feels like a never-ending cycle. It's hard to explain, honestly. But just with the dour tone of the whole thing, like yeah. it feels like it's kind of what they're aiming well, for. With the the dour tone, and then like like we said, the movie starts with him playing at a dive bar, and then getting basically the shit kicked out of him in the our back of an alleyway. And the movie ends the same way. Yeah, shows like it's a repeat cycle. This just happens over and over again. Yeah, and then. The whole um, him getting the friend pregnant thing. It's weird. I feel like there's some kind of tone that's... uh, Yeah, there's some kind of tone to that one because, like, you know, him getting the friend pregnant, but not really sure if it's his baby or not. Yeah. And then, like, the dive bar owner... Yeah, but she still wants him to pay for the abortion that she wants to get. Yeah. And, like, not knowing... And the dive bar owner just saying, like... um, That, like, how do you... How else do you get a gig? there you gotta sleep with me like that's how it works and then like oh i wish i could sleep with her like it just seems like it's never ending cycle for him (laughs) it's hard to explain but yeah i'm pretty sure it's purgatory 
And I think the I cat mean, is kind of like his, um, I the raper, like, like walking him through it because he has reoccurring yeah instances with the cat. I don't know if it's that. I feel like in a weird way, like I guess my theory about it is in a weird way, the cat kind of shows like the progression of his story in a weird way. Because like it follows him through whenever like cat leaves the house and so he has to keep the cat with him because he can't get back to where he was before mm-hmm. and then you know ends up bringing it to a friend's house which a friend is about as mad that he's there as the fact that the cat's there and then the only person who's nice to him there is the only person that's actually nice to the cat too yeah and then cat ends up getting lost in the same way that he's kind of lost and like he doesn't know where he's going he's just like you said kind of in like this never-ending loop and not sure what he's going to be doing next so with the cat being lost he's also lost and then him finding the cat later on, but finding the wrong cat is also like, you know, this is the path that he's going to try to go down, but it's the wrong path he's he's going down. Mm-hmm. And then him, uh, whenever he, you know, whenever he goes to Chicago and then he comes back from Chicago uh, and him thinking that maybe he hit or hit the cat that he left behind beforehand or hit a cat and not and like seeing it kind of limping on the side of the road kind of shows him and the cat in a weird way and like their lowest point yeah and then whenever they find he finds out the cat that he lost at the beginning of the movie finds its way back to the owners he's kind of finding his way back to where he was before so in a weird way that's how i see it's like the cat is kind of in a weird way metaphysically him yeah and you see that homeward bound picture too yeah that too that supports that as well i don't know it's probably like a dumb theory but like it just feels very cyclical (laughs) <laughs> this entire movie is very cyclical. Yes, I can speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've heard it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's kind of hard to talk about this movie because honestly, not a yeah. lot happens in the movie. Well, mostly what like okay, like a sixty second rundown of the movie. Wakes up at a friend's house. Cat ends up escaping the house. Has to carry the cat with him because he's locked out of friend house. Goes to another friend's house. Friends are mad that he's there. Goes to a friend's gig later on that night. Uh, eventually gets invited. Our uh, friend invites him to record a song with him. Uh, stays with another like another person who's at the gig there. Guy asks him if he wants to go to Chicago. He says no. Later on, goes to Chicago with other people. In the same to... car, though, I believe. Maybe, yeah. Because he said, this car's going to Chicago on Tuesday if you want to go. Yeah, so, yeah, that might have been hit. He might have just accepted the ride then at that point. Yeah. But uh, also, he's going there because his old manager uh, sent his record out to, or said that he sent his record out to somebody, but he hasn't received any royalties from it yet. So he yeah. goes there. He goes to Chicago, asks him about if he got, ever got it or not. And he says, like, no, I never got your record. He's like, oh, well, here's a copy of my record. You can listen to it then. And then plays a song for him. Guy tells him it's okay. Ends up hitchhiking his way back to New York. Uh, whole thing where he maybe hits a cat yeah happens that are on his way back gets his way back to new york has an emotional breakdown like right in the middle of the diet bar that he usually plays at and goes and uh you know basically makes up with his friend or his friends that he was yelling at earlier in the movie and they basically tell him it's okay and everything go- kind of goes back to square one and then it ends with him playing the or playing in the dive bar that's pretty much the entire movie mm-hmm. and there is some talking but like some of the talking in this movie just kind of goes nowhere. A good example is John Goodman's character. John's Goodman's character. I'm really glad he's in the movie, but it would be the same exact movie without him in it because he just says nonsense the entire time. I think 
that's kind of what's so great about this movie is without any one of these characters, it would have been the same exact movie because yeah. nothing happens in this movie. Like it's really just a wandering movie. Yeah. I I wanna I would I would love to it's, read up on some Greek mythology and see if there are any like parallels between this and any Greek a, stories. <laughs> with, with the Coen brothers, it's a possibility. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I think that's weirdly enough kind of the charm of this movie because it's a wandering movie about a guy who's just kind of wandering through life um kind of aimlessly yeah so it's just kind of like he kind of just grabs along whatever branch comes his way in a weird way like i guess that's actually another good way to think about this movie is this guy is falling out of a tree and he's grabbing onto whatever branch that he can but every single branch he grabs onto just breaks yeah as he's falling yeah I want to talk about a couple of different moments in here in the movie that I really like. Because there's like two okay. or three set pieces, I think, that are really fun. And a lot of it's driving. But you mentioned John, Good- John Goodman's character. Yeah. And how he's that, that's when he takes the trip to Chicago to go and see if he can get a gig there, get like something going on with yeah. that guy. John Goodman's character is just such a shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> and like, God. I said earlier, like, there's a guy who just stares daggers at him for no good reason throughout the entire movie. Like, oh, yeah, I play piano. I like the old stuff. And, like, just, he just, like, he looks like he's mad at him the whole time. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of look that you expect someone, like, he owes him money kind of He's just, like, the most dismissive person of, like, everything that is Lewin. (laughs) Yeah. But, like I said, like, I've worked with people like that, wherever you're talking to them or trying to explain something. And they just look like they're mad at you the entire time or like kind of have like that. Why are you even talking to me? Go away. Kind yeah. Of look. Yeah. And that guy has that look the entire time. Like he's not telling him to go away. Like he's if anything, he's might be interested. He just has that look. Yeah. Like he's just pissed off all the time. <laughs> and then I also worked with people like John Goodman, the kind who just like they're just saying nonsense the entire time, but they just won't shut up. He has a story for everything. Yeah. He's able to relate like something that anybody says back to another story in his it, life. No, it's not even anything anybody says. Like he'll ask someone a question and they won't even answer, it, and then he'll start a story based off the question <laughs> that he just asked. Yeah. <laughs> you ever have a McNugget from McDonald's? No, back in the 1970s when they were first opening the McDonald's, I actually was the first customer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind it, of actually. <laughs> and then, like the one time that Lewin actually tells him to shut up. He gets mad, like really mad. Like he's going to, like they're about to fight kind of mad. Yeah. And he's like, listen, that doesn't work in this car. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't matter that you're driving it right now. It don't matter or don't work like that in this car. Like, I don't, I'm not like you. I don't just come after people and attack them. I go and I work my stuff in the background. You won't even notice it right away. But then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, my side's hurting a little more. Or maybe it won't even be that. Maybe things just won't be working out for you. And you'd be like, I wonder why that is. That's me. That's my Maybe work that's in the, the real theory. He actually did that beforehand. That's why the main character has such a shitty <laughs> I life. I mean, going Maybe on your actually. going on your purgatory uh theory, that would make John Goodman either God or the devil in this movie. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Which to be fair, with him playing the Cyclops in um Oh Brother Where Art Thou, it kinda makes sense. Yeah. Um What? Yeah. What is that movie about? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. All uh, the Coen Brothers movies are not like one thing. So, They're really hard to pinpoint. No, I, you can tell. It says on the back of the box for Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is a retelling of the Odyssey. Oh, okay. But it's told in the Deep South in like the 1930s, I think. So everyone's racist. Yes. A lot of racism, a lot of religion. Uh, It's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a, ret- a retelling of like Odysseus and his journey back home, but- 
being told with the uh, three prisoners who just escaped from prison. No, what? You guys sold me on this. We'll have to throw that in sometime on the podcast. I'd be okay with that. I think you would enjoy it. I think most Coen Brothers movies could be enjoyed. <laughs> that's or... it. That's the statement. Yeah, that end statement. <laughs> yeah. No, no like, I think most Coen Brothers movies can like be enjoyed by most anybody. At least some portion of them. Yeah. Because they all have like this underlying tone of like things just are happening. Yeah. <laughs> that that is very much a Coen Brothers thing to do. It's just stuff's happening in the movie. Yeah, and like characters will react to things happening, but mostly they're powerless. Yeah. In a weird way, though, like the Coen Brothers have a weird way of like bringing charisma to characters that just don't have it. Yeah, yeah. They and do. so, like, you can like look at a character and be enjoying their monologue, but still hate them because they're just like, God, you're kind of boring, and you're. You're a douchebag. Why are you talking? <laughs> yeah. Like but, John, but it's like still, John Goodman. Uh, yeah. Well, just like <laughs> I always think about him, like just like uh, when Lewin, Lew, Lewin Davis is just like, yeah, you know, I play folk, and he's like, oh fuck, I fucking <laughs> oh, hate folk. Oh folk. Oh, maybe and you should like, play some real music like jazz. I yeah. know. And well, he's like uh, cowboy chords and <laughs> shit like that. It's just G. See, yeah, <laughs> it's so fun because, like, I hear that I've heard that shit so often, <laughs> yeah, not like directed towards me, but just like so many like music people are such a fuck are fucking assholes about music they don't oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, like, I, or I was gonna say, I listen to a lot of metal music, there are so many elitists with that oh, genre yeah. of music. Also, I mean, like, I meet people who are like. I only listen to real music. I don't listen to rap. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. Oh my God. I have a fucking coworker that's like, he's like, oh yeah, I could do a rap. And like, he's like, ate a bagel this morning. No, hey. he's like hey. a 63 year old dude. Oh. And he was like, it's time. I didn't mean to rhyme. I'm a poet. Didn't even know it. Yeah. That's, that was, that was the one. He was okay. like, anybody could rap. He's like, anybody can rhyme. I can be a poet and not even know it. See right there. I rhymed. I like because you could fucking stretch that to literally singing. That's yeah. not like, any, like, but like, like it's not like literally rap's one of the only musics I know where it's actually really consistent to not rhyme sometimes to make a point. Yeah, yeah, it's just funny. It's just like one of those old people things. I think honestly, I don't even think it's. I fucking like in high school, I met people who would just be like, you know, I like I like anything except you know rap and country. Like, like fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of those people that don't like country and like death metal, but that's just because I don't like I don't I don't understand country at all. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. Well, I, same with metal. I mean, the big thing with like country is that's such a fucking large, vast thing of yeah. music. It like, is spanning from like early '60s to now, and like seeing all of the evolution country has made, and there's also a difference between like country that's on the radio and like country that's sung by random people, like. That's a lot what gets me when people like just say they don't like genre of music. It's such a vague term. So I guess what I should be saying is I don't like modern country. Yeah, like that's a different statement, I would argue. Um, I it's just soulless. I've very much heard you sing country roads many occasions. Mm-hmm. It's uh <laughs> Take Me Home So Bo Burnham actually said something in one of his specials about uh cu- modern country, I guess you can say. He uh I can't remember what he called them, but like the kind of country guy who's not really a country guy, but he understood he understands like the limericks and the attitude of a country song. So like he basically makes money off of people uh by pretending to be country. Yeah, like the white millionaire yeah, person who's much. never touched a tractor. Yeah. That's that's the whole point of the song, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he made a country song based off of that whole thing of uh rich guy who's never even touched or, you know, worked a field or touched a tractor or whatever else. 
And uh, I actually had a conversation with a guy at work not too long ago because he really likes country. And I told him I'm picky about country because there's a lot of country artists who aren't really country. And that kind of muddies the water when it comes to it. And so, like, there's a lot of country that, like, they're just singing what they feel like they need to sing about in order to make money off of it. And I honestly feel the same way about rap sometimes. Like, it feels like kind of just a cut and paste with certain things. It's funny you mention that because country and rap have intersected quite a bit in yeah. uh, last, I would say, six or seven years. They have. So, uh, not even just, like, artists, but, like, you will see a lot of, like, rhythm patterns that rappers use in country music now and vice versa. Like, there's a lot of country and rap right now. Yeah. But it's why I say, like, it's not that I don't like them. There are country songs that I do love and there are rap songs that I do love. But, like, it's just, I guess you can say almost, like, in a weird way, the main, like, not to sound like one of those people, but, like, certain mainstream. Uh, well, it's, like, uh, it's definitely oh, it's more an issue of, like, the over-commercialization yeah. of music, period, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. But that's like, what I'm saying. Like, whenever it becomes over-commercialized like that, it, it tends to become very soulless, in a way. Because, like, if you literally only listen to the radio, I could see you, like, gathering some of those opinions, but, like... I guess what my point really is is <laughs> expand your horizons. Say, yeah, cast your net out wider and try to listen to some things you wouldn't normally listen to. Like I, very much growing up, was super exclusive of what I listened to, and I have gone to a point where I'll listen to anything and try <laughs> it at a, now. Anyways, our main point is John Goodman is an asshole in this yeah. movie. Yeah, that's the point <laughs> we're trying to make. <laughs> But no, like, because he does that whole thing of, it's like, oh, he's trying playing real music instead of, like, hitting the same three chords on a ukulele, even though that's definitely not folk music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to- no, you know the classic ukulele in all those folk songs, like, G, <laughs> C, G, D, G. <laughs> uh, it's just like. A lot of stuff. Also, uh, John Goodman shoots heroin. That's another thing. Yeah, like, I was not, I did not see that coming, but it's just kind of also makes sense for the character. Yeah. Like, but never dies. No, the, <laughs> you don't, you don't just immediately die if you take heroin. That's not I don't know. That's what Dare said. <laughs> did you know Dare's still a thing? Yeah, it's still there. I didn't know that. They were just set up in front of my work one day. Yeah, it was out there still I just doing thought, it. I was like, I didn't want, I didn't say this, but I was like, you guys still exist? Like, what? <laughs> well, because like I just thought like it clearly failed, so I thought they just gave up. Nah, it's cool to say no to drugs again. There was like ten years where everyone wanted to say yes to drugs. Even Dare, that's why they were gone for ten years. They said yes to drugs. <laughs> Got their shit back together. They're back. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're clean and sober just, now. Like it was just weird. And then they tried to like ask me to donate. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I've donated in the past. It's not an incorrect statement. Not, I have, in fact, donated in the past. It's not a lie. Just not to them. <laughs> I don't know where they're... I, I hate when people ask me to donate because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what company you are. I haven't looked into like the details of who you support financially. Yeah. It's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last time I had to tell someone that I couldn't donate because I didn't have cash on me at that time was someone... like Because there's a gas station around where I work. And like mm-hmm. I went there to, I think, go grab something to drink or something after... No, it might have been before work because there's I don't no think way that someone is there. That's after not the most relevant part of the story. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, they're just like, "Hi, we're doing, uh, we're raising money to help prevent teen suicide. Would you like to, all right, give money to us?" Kind of thing. Didn't tell me what organization they're part of. Didn't tell me like anything like that. Just like, "Hey, we need money to prevent teen suicides. Will you give us money so we teens don't kill themselves?" It's like I don't have cash on me right now. Sorry, like, like we have Square. 
<laughs> That's happened to me before, yeah. actually. There was a guy outside of the store, and he was like, hey, do you want to like buy some candy to support our local, uh, I think it was... Boy Scouts, Girl no, Scouts. No, I think it was Boys and Girls Club basketball team or something like that. Oh, okay. Like, to support our Boys and Girls Club basketball team so they can get new uniforms. Like, I don't have any cash. Like, we have Square. Do you have whatchamacallit? <laughs> did they? <laughs> they did. So I spent $5 on a whatchamacallit. That always gets me, too, because I'm always like, man, I know I shouldn't spend a dollar on a tiny-ass candy bar. Yeah, but then... But, man, it looks kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that stuff bothers me, because, like, like, I know that's going to, like, a school thing. Yeah. And maybe the club will get 10% of the profits. Maybe yeah. If, if even. <laughs> They'll yeah. buy one left sock. <laughs> Everyone gets one left sock. No, there's just one. You have to share it. Aw. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, Anyways. This movie. Uh, yeah, whenever John Goodman, like, overdoses on heroin, he brings, like, the guy who's the driver who says, I think, literally five words throughout the entire movie. No, he goes on, like, one slight monologue, and he reads out of a pseudo-Bible? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is he's reading, actually. It, like, feels like gospel, but what he says does not, is not gospel. (laughs) Yeah. However, John Goodman still says amen afterwards. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it's like a heroin addict thing that we just don't know because we don't shoot up heroin. Maybe, but anyways, like whenever, <laughs> whenever John Goodman shoots up the heroin and like he's having a seizure in the middle of the bathroom, like Lewin comes and grabs the guy. I don't think they ever say the n- name of the driver the entire time. Uh, he just like goes so and grabs funny. him. He's like, "Hey, do you think we should take him to the hospital or something?" Just like picks him up and goes like, "Nah, he'll be fine." Grab his cane. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, the friend. <laughs> That one is framed funny because I thought they just were sort of doing the joke of he just dropped dead and like had yeah, to react that's what to that. I thought and too. it's like, oh no, he has the he has the uh, thing on his arm. He just overdosed. Yeah, he just overdosed. Yeah, yeah, um, as one does. Which you can kind of assume he did that in the last gas station too, because he was in there for a really long time. Yeah. He's like he's still in there. He's like, yeah. And then when he's like taking him out, he's has him on his shoulder like he does in this gas station. So you can kind of assume that he just does this at every gas station. Yeah. Yeah. And then further on that trip is another stupid great scene where they're driving and then like they pull over to take a rest. Legal, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah, super one hundred percent legal. And then cops just show up and ask what they're doing, like, you can't stay here. He's like, We just turned over so we can sleep. And he's like, Get out of the car. Are you guys inebriated? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's like, Are you inebriated? Uh, he has been drinking, sir sir. Did I ask you? And I think, like, he, that cop is being super aggressive with him. Yeah, well, it was the 60s, you know. Yeah. Back whenever they can get away with literally anything. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, straight up just, like, pulls the guy out of the car and arrests him right there on the spot and then drives away with two people still sitting in the car. Yeah. So I was trying to find that little part of, like, what he was reading. I found other stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, Inside Lewis Davis is apparently uh, based off of... Or draws inspiration from Dave Van Ronk, who was a real-life folk singer who was known as Greenwich Village's mayor of McDougal Street. Of course. Yeah, well, what else would you be yeah, known yeah. as? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Hmm. There's that. So, it's a fictional character, but based off of a real person. Yes. Okay. It seems that way. <laughs> okay. Just to cap off that, we start. What happens next is just Lewin just abandons yeah. John Goodman Which, in the car. Once again, yeah, I was going to say he abandons 
John Goodman's character in the car, but also he abandons the cat that he brought with him. Yeah. Because no I guess one thing that we didn't um, specify is like, you know, he finds that cat. It's the wrong he tries, cat. Yeah, he tries giving it back to uh, his friends. Freaks out at his friend's house talking about how like this is his job. He's not just like some musician that could be called on. Like basically be- being asked like, don't call me, like don't expect me to be a dancing monkey for you guys just because I play or do this for a living. And then they find out like, this isn't our cat. What do you mean it's not our cat? Like this cat's a girl. We had a boy cat. And he's like, oh, shit. And so he has the cat again. And so the cat goes to Chicago. What the fucking do with the cat? So, yeah. And, like, goes to, well, goes them partway to Chicago. But, like, whenever he abandons the car with John, or John Goodman in it still, he also leaves the cat there. But there's, mm-hmm. like, this moment where the cat and him are just kind of staring at each other. And, like, in a weird way that actually felt somewhat similar to, like, that scene that happened in um, Doctor Sleep, whoever that little two-year-old is like sitting there staring at him after his mom uh, overdosed on heroin. He just like leaves the child there. It feels eerily similar to me. So I was just reading. Okay. Yeah. We were, we were waiting to like, in case like there was a point to your reading. Yeah, there, there was. Thanks. No, Jariah's just, <laughs> I just checked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, apparently this is also loosely paced off of Homer's Odyssey. Oh, of course. This is every is. movie they make. Um, they've never read it though. Well, how can what? you base a movie off of it if you've never read it? They told Terry Gross that they had still never gotten around to reading. reading so they it. have two movies that are based off of the Odyssey, but they've never read it. Maybe they just saw the Simpsons episode, Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> uh, apparently, one of them said to Terry Gross, "Yeah, it's right by my bedside table. I keep looking over at it and going, ugh." But like, you can't. <laughs> How do you claim that it's based off of the Odyssey if you've never read it? That doesn't I've, make sense. So the weird thing about that, though, is like, I guess their other movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's actually really close to what the Odyssey actually is. But was they've never read this? it. Yeah, was it was. This, yeah. What? How? <laughs> like I mean, years before this. I guess this. like they could have like someone on the set that read it that they just can't constantly like, keep asking. But like, I don't know. Like. What if, that's like? What if I just was like, you know, what, I'm gonna make a movie off the eighth Star Wars, <laughs> and then just they're like, what? You haven't seen that? Doesn't matter. You still have, well, to have. I guess like Oscar Isaac. In, I was gonna say uh, an old movie. Like, I think a better example is like because last week I bought that book, um, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, because right. they're basically oh, yeah, they're off making of it. a new Green yeah. Knight. Yeah, they're making that a movie, and uh, that's like almost if I asked you to make a movie based off that book, but you just never read it. I could. I'd be like, here's the green knight, and he runs around. <laughs> He's like, I am the green knight. I shall slay the red dragon. And also, it's symbolism, because they're complementary colors. <laughs> also, apparently, Ulysses is the Latin form of Odysseus. <laughs> which the cat's name is Ulysses. Yeah, it? the actual Re- cat. The actual cat, referring that the cat went on a great adventure and returned. <laughs> How Therefore, are they such nerds guess... about a thing they've never read? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So absurd. <laughs> That's the- Coen Brothers are weird. Yeah, they make great <laughs> movies, but they're weird. I was wondering how they, how like Bill Murray confused them for writing the Garfield movie. I can believe it now. Yeah, I would. They could have been it. like, yeah, we actually never read any of the strips, but we just really like the character. Be, they just yeah. really wanted an orange cat in their movie. Yeah, and like, they're like you know, we also like have the Greek word for Od as one of the birds that flies over in the scene <laughs> at the end, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. But yeah, I guess that kind of goes along with my theory about how him and the cat are synonymous with each other. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, that's such a 
absurd. That wasn't even like what you originally were looking up anyway. No, no it, it wasn't. <laughs> Didn't find anything God. about that. But Coen Brothers, goddammit, just read The Odyssey. I want to fucking I know make... it's a boring book. I tried reading it in high school and I failed, but goddammit, read it. I just want to do that. I want to fucking be like, yeah, I based this movie off The Godfather and like <laughs> just never have seen it. I want to do that because apparently you don't have to fucking know the source materials of yeah, whatever you reference nowadays. <laughs> You should do that. Just like your next <laughs> quote, unquote, nowadays. I don't. I forget when this movie was made, but 2011, 2012. Okay, that's not too long. No, that's a decade ago. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Base your next game off of The Godfather without watching it. <laughs> I would love to do shit like. I mean, I joke a lot about that on the podcast. So I would love to make a movie or do shit like that when I have no I- like no idea of what the fuck I'm doing. But yeah. the more like I read about some of these directors, the more I feel like I could just actually do that. Apparently, you don't need to know. Yeah, who gives a shit, yeah, apparently? <laughs> apparently, there are some directors that are just going by the seat of their pants. Oh, man. That's so great. But um, other other noteworthy stuff in this movie. You had another scene you said you wanted to talk about. The not John Goodman scene. Was it like with the military? I mean, there's just a joke I really like when he's like trying to re-sign up for the Marines, Navy, no. Navy, Navy, Air Force. No, um, a Mar- Army, Mariner, Mariner. Yeah, Mariner. He was gonna be a seaman. Yeah, but the thing is, because yeah, like uh, they're asking him to pay his um union, dues. yeah, his union dues. So that means like that's what he was doing as a career at one point in time was just working out at sea. Yeah, whether he was like a fisherman out there or whatever he was doing. But he said he was a pilot too, so Yeah. So like maybe he was a really good fisherman. <laughs> he went fly fishing a lot. But for I'm a guy s- who I would make the joke of like for a guy who wants to be a folk singer, like he has a lot of other career choices he could go through because like, you know, he has he knows how to run a ship, he knows how to fly a plane and everything. But you know, there's people like Dex- Dexter Holiday that um exist in real life. You know, the lead singer of uh Offspring. Yeah, uh, so for one, the dude has a PhD in uh, bio- er, like molecular biology or something like that. Like, he has a PhD in that and a master's in something else. I can't remember exactly what it That's was. That's how he knew you had to keep them separated. <laughs> actually, <laughs> weirdly enough, yeah. That song? Yeah, he yeah. made that he made that song. He actually made that song while he was in college because he had like these two uh, vials that were sitting next to each other. <laughs> what? I was and right. they were two. <laughs> no, I'm, I am dead serious. Because I. Um, Whenever I was in high school, I actually bought their Greatest Hits album, and it came with a DVD that was talking about their songs and to keep it separated. That actually came from, he had these two vials that were, like, super hot and sitting next to each other, and they wouldn't cool down. He's like, oh, it's because you have to keep them separated. And that's how he came up with that fucking <laughs> oh my line. Gosh. Not even kidding. Also, that's like, Offsprings are one of those bands, I, every time I hear a new, every time I learn about another song I know, apparently it was written by the Offspring. They're like, they have... Three albums that were complete hits. Yeah, yeah. it just and reminds then they me they fell off the map. It just reminds me of the um when we were watching Rocket Man, how like oh, we yeah. kept learning there was other songs that he kept. It was made. Like, oh yeah. shit, Elton John made everything in the eighties. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> Offspring made everything in the two thousands. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just but like what the. Fuck? Anyways, with his PhD and now that he's not you know doing Offspring stuff as much anymore, he just runs a hot sauce company. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good hot sauce. Yeah, it actually is. That's why you know you you buy his hot sauce? Yeah, I bought a bottle of his hot sauce, and it was fucking delicious. Pretty good, actually. Does it cost $70 per drop? No. No, it's just normal hot sauce. We sell it at the store. It's gringo. 
Gringo hot sauce. Gringo, <laughs> Gringo Bandito. Yeah. Gringo Bandito's name is hot sauce. You brand. know what? I he knows what he is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I feel like that, it's one of those things. I feel like no matter what he did with his life, he was going to be successful with it. Yeah. But back to the movie. I I feel like there's like this underlying tone of the uh, Lewin does not like the army at all, though. No, like he didn't like what his career was before, and I think yeah. that has to do a lot with who his father is in the movie. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, he goes and visits his dad, and then, like, whenever he goes and tells his sister that he went and visited his dad, he's just like, hey, so I got to see what my future is going to be like if I just decide to be a mariner after this. Yeah. And, like, mm. well, what do you mean? Well, you just get food brought to you, and it's great, and you don't even have to get up. You can just shit where you're sitting. My kid is right there. Oh, hey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he basically, like, I was almost expecting him to be like, oh, sorry, excuse my fucking language, but <laughs> he almost does that. Almost, basically yeah. does. But yeah, well, I just like because another character, um, Tom or something, the army army kid that I don't he remember think, his name. Uh, there's another character where uh the main character kind of s- keeps insinuating that he's not all there, but he's um, a robot. Keeps saying, yeah. yeah. But uh, when he's talking to him, there's also that kind of disdain for what the army is. Yeah. Too, when he's talking like, oh, they making you a killing machine, son. Yeah, and he's like, no. Um, if oh, if you're referring to the organization, uh, I actually take to that quite well. And uh, the weapons are part of the job, right? Um, it's just really great because everybody is so like out there, and they're kind of caricatures of what you would think they would be. I mean, I don't know. He feels like an army kind of army kid. I've right, like he seems Troy. like completely fine. Trey, Troy, Troy. Troy. Okay, okay. Like yeah. he seems completely fine. Like normal, very level headed. Um, well, no, like I, I kind of—he does seem a little like not all there. Yeah, like robot. But, <laughs> but like that's like what I right, think every army person is. Like at a certain point, that's just them in their career because they're trained to be that. Mm. Um, but like everybody else is like kind of spacey and out there and like very exuberant, and he's pretty downplayed. He's very normal compared to everybody else. I would say <laughs> I would not call him normal. I'd call him normal compared to everybody else. Maybe I don't know. He's very he's, kind. Yeah, he's kind of a kind extrovert, is how I would probably. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Troy is normal. Tro- yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant the main character. That's why no. I was like, this guy's not normal. What are you no, no, about? he's yeah. not. No, he's okay. not normal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like okay. Since we're like talking about spoiler stuff, what I wanted to say earlier is I feel like Lewin's character is um very much someone who is sad over the passing of who I'm guessing was his best friend because his best friend killed himself uh well, who was also his partner himself. Huh. I get yes, that yes. uh but um he's kind of in this uh kind of in this loop where he can't get over it that it, it happened and because he can't get over his friend's death he can't move on with his life which is why he keeps on going through this loop that's my theory about it and yeah it's and that's of- and it's because like this is kind of in a weird way like the, one of the worst weeks of his life even though it's still somewhat of a repeat of it is because it just kind of shows how he's stuck in this loop and he can't find his way out of it. And that's part of like why he's such a pessimist in his personality is because he just cannot get over that this happened kind of thing. And he, he's, he's basically, it's not so much that he's an asshole. He's in grief is how I looked at it. I could see that. Yeah. All right. Well, call me a little column B. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, like maybe it is a little bit column A and column B. Like people who are pessimistic tend to just be more of an asshole anyways. It's true. But yeah, like, that's kind of how I felt about the movie, too. Like, he definitely seems like after... Because, like, I think that's kind of 
implied in his music a bit too. Like he kind of lost some of the soul from yeah. after he after he lost his partner and kind of just the monogamy of like where do you go from there and just like the the cycle of weeks kind of like I've definitely been there a lot too, like just like for just day in, day out, everything feels the same and like nothing really can differentiate what day it is. Like he even remarks this later and like after he meets the character Did we talk about the abortion thing? We we brought it up, right? We um, have not brought that up yet. We sort of I did, but then I was like, I can't say that. Oh, uh, okay. Um so bring it up. Yeah, so uh one of the subplots is that Everyone that um, Jim, Jim Gene. and Gene, Gene, yeah. uh, with of his friend, uh, Jim and Gene are together, and he uh, he had sex with Gene, and she's pregnant. Yes, unsure who the father is, and he gets basically it's up to him to get her an abortion, which is. Causes another plot where he goes with someone to sign a deal, and instead of just taking the royalties like normal, he just takes a original check. Yeah, which to is pay for that. Honestly, something that happens a lot in that industry too. I yeah. think one of the more famous examples I could think of is the artist that originally painted like the original cover art for Doom. Uh, he just took a salary on that because he couldn't afford like he needed money now kind yeah. of thing, and so he didn't take any royalties from it. And that is now one of the most famous, uh, you know, drawings that, or I guess not drawings, one of the most famous artworks for video game history is the original Doom one. Yeah, it's one and of the, he, I think he made only like 200 bucks off of that. It's, it's an unfortunate thing. Like, it really shows how a lot of that kind of stuff preys upon the unfortunate. Cause like, yeah, it's one of those things. It's more expensive to be poor, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you can't not do that. Like, he's in a situation, he can't take royalties because. He doesn't know if he'll even yeah. get any. Right. It, it kind of goes, well, he doesn't know if he's going to get any royalties. And he actually was talking to his manager earlier that day, too, about, like, what about my royalties? Like, oh, it'll come eventually kind of thing. And so it's kind of one of those, like, oh, well, you'll get royalties, but we won't be able to pay you until next week. And he's kind of like, cool. I don't know if I'm going to eat tomorrow. Yeah. Kind of also but, going um, into the pessimistic part of this movie. Yeah. But back, so, yeah, he needs that to pay the abortion. And back to my original <laughs> point. Yeah. If I can fight, uh, he's asking her like if she's okay the next time he sees her, and she's like, "My abortion's not till Saturday," and he's like, "Fuck, yeah. right? It's not. It's it's been a couple days." Hasn't I, it? I took a trip. I feels like it's been longer than it has. Yeah, it's only, like I think his exact words was, "I was only gone a couple of days, but it feels like I was gone a lot longer." Right, because like, oh, that's like one of the things I kind of get. Like I've been in cycles like that where it's like people have told me stuff and like i don't know if they've told me that a day ago an hour ago like a month ago sometimes like it's kind of that cycle of not even monogamy sometimes just like of just living just existing as the movie can put it sometimes Mm, yeah and i get that like whenever i was living up in salt lake city i was very just by myself all the time and so every single day it was like i wake up i go to work i come home play on the computer for a little bit eat dinner go to bed repeat the process the next day and like every now and then i'll be telling a story of like whenever i was living in salt lake city and i'll forget when it happened exactly because so many days blended together from just doing the same thing over and over again days feel like weeks and weeks feel like days more or less yeah 
and Robbie was Domino's best customer. <laughs> For a little bit there, I was. <laughs> he calls Domino's multiple times a day because he forgets if you ordered yet. <laughs> no, no we were like, we would like be playing. I think it was Killing Spree Two. Uh, Killing Floor. Killing Floor. Killing Spree. Different game. Uh, Killing Floor Two for like three months every single night. Um, and like every night I'd be like, all right, my pizza's here. One sec. Rob, you'd go away for five minutes, come back, and you'd be here. Oh, come back. <laughs> Every night, large pizza. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's actually worse. Work. It wasn't one large pizza. It was two medium pizzas. <laughs> okay, my bad. That, uh, no, that's better. That's cheaper. <laughs> it was cheaper. That's why I got two medium instead of a large. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I kind of get that. Sometimes just the, just making the a days meal takes, blend together yeah or just take making a meal takes so much energy sometimes it wasn't that does. uh it, it wasn't so much making a meal was a problem it was i didn't have a car at that time uh, and true. the nearest uh the nearest walmart was like three miles away right it's not like and today so, where you can just be like hey walmart give me a bag of bread please <laughs> a bag of bread <laughs> yeah what else do you make meals with Oh yeah, good point. I just I forgot how <laughs> sure. much of a utility a yeah, bag um, of bread was. That's one of the ten things I get from the grocery store. So it was more or less like since I was riding a bike back and forth to Walmart to get food, I could carry back a backpack worth of food. Right, with, yeah, for me. you can't like And so like that would be a couple of days to maybe a week's worth of food counting on how I rationed it out. And if I just did not have the energy, because like some of the parts that I was lifting whenever I was working at that machine shop were like up to eighty pounds. And so sometimes I'd get home, like I'd ride my bike home and I'd be exhausted when I got home. And so I just did not have the energy to ride my bike somewhere so I can go eat. So I would just call Domino's and be like, hey, like, I'd like to order such and such and just eat pizza that night. So despite the fact that I was physically exhausting myself every single night and riding a bike everywhere, I gained 20 pounds because I was eating Domino's every night. Right. Delicious garlicky Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> Good old don't cut your pizza Domino's. <laughs> Good old sometimes break the bake the bread fully dominoes. <laughs> Good old sometimes burnt your pizza dominoes. Sometimes Hey Domino's, you want to sponsor <laughs> Dude, I was pissed I'll... at Domino's one time. Me and Liz ordered some Domino's, two pizzas and like a brownie cookie uh-huh. thing. The brownie cookie thing wasn't baked. <laughs> they just gave us like some fucking raw ass dough. Weird. What the fuck? Oh, man. You know what you needed to do, right? You need to ask. Oven. You need to specifically ask them to underbake it, and then they would have over- overcooked it. There's the. There you go. <laughs> I underbake my ass. <laughs> yeah. Or just be like, hey, can I have my stuff cut? And they're like, uh, fuck you. You're getting literally no cuts. And you're like, thanks. This is actually easier to cut now. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever taken an entire medium pizza, folded it, and just ate it? I've eaten yes. medium pizzas, but I haven't folded it. I don't know. It's a like, different experience. <laughs> I I do that if it's like one I have to cut myself, yeah, like or just like eat it kind of where you just tear off rips off pieces. Like I did that the yesterday actually. Yeah. Uh, there's been a time yesterday. or two that like I was like I needed to get to work, but I needed to eat something too. So I just like cook two pizzas and then like slap them together to make almost like a sandwich. Just eat it like a sandwich. On it's the like way an to work. anime thing too. Like you know how they have like the piece of bread in the right. You just have a whole ass pizza <laughs> in your mouth running to work. It's the American version. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, but, yeah, monogamy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you mean monotony? Yeah. I, I probably Monomena. say monogamy the whole time. Yeah, one, it worked once, and I thought yeah, that's what you meant, and then... No, monotony. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which part we were at with the movie. Well, we're kind of... I was talking about, like... Much like this he, movie, we're just going from place to place. Yeah, th- I was talking about, like, when he met back up with her. 
and just right, didn't right, right. know how long it's been just because yeah. that's how life is sometimes. You also learn, which is like such a small little character building moment, but I think it adds like a whole lot to Lewin's character, is you learn that he got a girl pregnant about two years back. Right. And had, and, uh, yeah, and had paid for her divorce, and she just never got it. No, no, and then uh, abortion, she, not divorce. Uh, right. Well, he may have <laughs> Different paid thing. for that. I don't know. <laughs> abortion, yeah. 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 Uh, paid for the abortion, and uh, she never got it and just left and moved back with her family uh-huh. and just didn't tell him. Um, and this is his first time finding out from the doctor because the doctor's like, no, 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 this one's on me. I never got a refund yeah. for the last and one. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean? Are you pro bono now? <laughs> that yeah. was such a stupid <laughs> line. Like, what does that even mean in this context? <laughs> Just killing babies because you enjoy it now? Or what's going <laughs> That's on? Not <laughs> he's doing it for the thrill of it. He doesn't oh, need money. Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I get where you're getting because. Later, when he's like going back to New York, mm-hmm, there's yeah. one scene where uh, Arkin, I think, is the name of the town. Yeah, because Akron. Akron. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, apparently she moved back to Akron with her parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go raise this baby. He's like, yeah, that must have been two years ago now, right? Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I guess two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, when he's driving back to New York after hitchhiking, like he sees Akron at the turn, and like you can see him like debating it. Yeah, head, yeah, but ultimately decides it's not worth it, and it just adds like another layer of sadness to him, because he just he's had a bunch of misfortunes in his life, and he's in the mental state to where like he doesn't care about making any of it better at this point. It feels like almost, um, which is sad, yeah, but also his character. Yeah, I, I mean, mean to be fair, like with how everything treats him in this movie it's almost like he even if he wanted to make it better he can't well, like mm-hmm. i mean what do you realistically even do if he does go there like and that might have been what was going through a, his head that's too. kind of a like i would argue that's not a great idea yeah i would say that that was the first turning point of like a good decision that he's yeah. made is like he did he chose to not do the volatile thing yeah because yeah, like because well like he could go and like try to see his child again but it's just kind of one of those like what do i say to them like she right. left she didn't tell me for a reason and right. like biologically yes that's his child but like he's not really his child he's never even seen it yeah 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 because like something it kind of reminds me of like an episode of bojack horseman where he got drunk for like an entire week basically and is trying to fix his mistakes right but ultimately just ends up making every single one of them much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's kind of that, like, this is one of the most mature things I think uh, Le- Levin Lewin? Lewin does in this entire movie, really. Yeah. And from there, like, you see him do the thing, like you were saying before, where he tries to um, better himself, build himself back up. He, like, tries mm-hmm. to go back into being a seaman. And um... <laughs> also, there's a really great line in this one. I think my favorite joke in the movie where, like, he's questioning, like, he's trying to sign back up, and the Marino's like, oh, you owe $140 in back pay or whatever. And he's like, and, but as he's asking, he's like, I don't understand why I have to pay that. And he's like, you got you got to guess. And he's like, is it because I'm a communist? And then the recruiter speaks back to him in Russian. Yeah. And he's like, what? Nothing. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> like, it's such an amazing, and, like, remembering that this is the 1960s, America as yeah. well. Like, yeah. Such a 
good thing. Like it's a great. It's a it's, it's a great little line. It's just my, like what? Nothing. Nothing. Go on. Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite joke from the movie. It's cause it's like, Especially considering like they just never bring it up again. No, because I think bringing it up again would just ruin the joke. Yeah. Like yeah. what? There's nowhere to go from that because that's the perfect setup and delivery. There's nothing more you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a. It's great. I just love. It. It's such a great joke. But yeah. Um. And like. This is the part of the movie where you see a lot of his past actions really kicking him in the ass. Like mm-hmm. uh, earlier when he visited his sister, mm-hmm. yeah, his sister. Yeah, um, she brought out all like his old records and stuff he made when he was young, and was like, "Here you go, you can have him back because I was cleaning out dad's stuff or whatever." Yeah, and he's like, "Just fucking throw it to the curb." And later, <laughs> after he's doing that, he realizes that his uh licenses were in there too. Yep. Yeah, his mariner and his pilot license were yeah. in there. Pasta sauce license. Yep. But um, yeah, like, cause that's a recurring thing too. Is like how he kind of ended up in this cycle of self-loathing, basically, and constantly kind of bringing himself back into it. Yeah. When he's he, trying to better himself, he keeps throwing everything to the curb, saying how unimportant it is, and acting like nothing matters, even when he cares about something deeply. Right. Um, bad, bad way to go about things. I would say. <laughs> um yeah so all that gets thrown away and then one of my favorite jokes in the movie uh-huh. happened at that point because the kid's eating cereal at the time <laughs> yeah. he's like lewin get out of my house you are no longer welcome here he's like fine and then like he looks over to the kid that's eating cereal he's like your uncle lewin's a real terrible person you know that okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a like but it's like i think it's one of the most realistic re- things for a kid to do in that situation yeah like, sure okay yeah yeah, sure. Why not? Good to know. My mom says so too. <laughs> she says it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I think one thing that I kind of liked in this movie, just because like it went away that I wasn't expecting it, is whenever he goes to Chicago and like he gives the record to the guy who apparently never gave it to or got his record because his manager is just terrible at his yeah. job. And that guy apparently knows uh, Mel. I think was his manager's name. He's like, oh, yeah. you work for Mel, and he's like, you make any money off of Mel? No. And he's like, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Interesting thing, just like some unspoken like back or history between those yeah. two. Like, yeah, it's just one of those like, okay, like, yeah, that's re- reason, you know, Mel is where he's at is because he just never gets anything done. Yep. Um, what I liked is because he does like the whole, uh, it has like that whole scene where it's just like, oh, well, here's, since you never got my record, here's this record. Like, there's that little dumb joke of like, I'll be five bucks, please. Yeah. Just, just kidding. And I bet that manager hears that. Oh, every fucking yeah. time yeah every single time it's kind of the same thing as like whenever you know barcode doesn't scan well i guess it's free isn't it like yep here you go sir go ahead and walk out those doors with it <laughs> i fucking dare you <laughs> <laughs> i do that next time <laughs> um but yeah and then he's like all right well uh you want to listen to it? he's like yeah play me something like you don't want to listen to the record why would i listen to the record you're right here yeah and like has like kind of that moment that i feel like Pretty much anyone who wants to be a musician or an artist of some kind, like it feels like it could be their big break or like their big moment to shine right there. And actually does a very good job playing the song that he plays in yeah. front of him. And you think it might be this moment where like, you know, the he might just get like a little bit of a break for just a second and the guy looks at him and says, I don't see any money in it. Yeah. Right. He's like, like, You're okay. You're 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 fine enough. But uh you're not a leading man. Like uh I have this other couple here that I want to do some stuff with. Maybe if you shave that facial hair into a goatee <laughs> and, and uh, stay out of the sunlight out of the, for I a know. while. Such a fucking, like, again, time, 1960s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a fucking, like, awful line. Like, yeah. if you weren't so brown. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 
Uh, like, if you're good with that, no. Well, yeah, I'm fine with that, but I'm I'm not interested. Like, oh, okay. Like, I uh used to have a partner. He's like, that makes sense. I'm like, fuck you. Well, yeah. it's like, well, well I think like, the point is like he's very like he needs a harmony. Is kind of the point. yeah. He's like, like you can do harmony, right? Or yeah, just yeah. like you're trying to be a solo artist and like get your name out there. That's not going to be for you. But you mind playing in the background for this other these other people? Yeah. And then on top of that, like he's just um. Earlier, because like you know, earlier he tells that guy that you know my friend jumped off the Washington Bridge, and like, you know, John Goodman being the sympathetic character he is, is like, oh, should have jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge. That's what everybody Everyone else jumps does. Off the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah, that's what people with sense do. <laughs> but like, it was almost like weirdly telling whenever he's just like, like, oh, well, I I had a partner at one point in time. Maybe we should get back with him then, because like it's almost in a weird way the manager's telling him, it's like, well, you should just go jump off a fucking bridge then. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why, I don't know, because, like, it, in any other movie, that would have been his big break whenever he, right. things start to look up for him. And in this movie, no, it just kicks him down even further. Well, that's the that's the classical tale. Like, if you try hard enough, you'll, you'll eventually... get everything you want and you'll succeed. And it's like, that's not how life yeah. works all the time. Like, yeah. like I said, there's, there's a lot of movies about, the, you know, that one person who made it big, but there's not exactly a movie about the thousand other people who didn't quite make it. Because like, it's a thing, like, Lewin is a good singer. But there's a lot of good singers. Even this movie points that out a yeah. lot. With like every, he meets a lot of singers. Like uh, he teamed up with one he knew, and the backing vocals on that one. Uh, there's a scene in this movie where after Luke gets all of his old records back, yeah, um, he tries to put it under a table, and something's blocking it. And when he pulls it out, it's the backing singer's solo album. Yeah, <laughs> so like you can see, like there's an unspoken story behind him too. Yeah. yeah. There's just like a lot of depth to even smaller things because yeah. it just this world feels extremely, extremely real, mm-hmm. which I think is hard to accomplish even with when things do take place in the real world like this. Yeah, or purgatory even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Odysseus is purgatory. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but that is true. Like every single character feels like they could be the main character in their own movie almost. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we really need that cats movie. Where did he go? I would watch that movie. <laughs> Apparently, Disney made it according to <laughs> Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. So you've never seen Homeward Bound, have you? I don't think so. Oh my fucking god! It's so, so good. Is it? It's so good. The thing that confused me about that that is this movie takes place in 1961, doesn't it? Yeah. Was it Homeward Bound like 1989 or 1990 or something? No, it was 60s. I think hmm. it might have been 63, but they, they might have been stretching it a little bit. But apparently, yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Is that one animated? No. Okay, that's probably why. It's just an actual animal walking around thing. Okay. But not like make their mouth moves. It's just animals walking. Yeah, that's It's great. great. I'll throw that to the list after a brother from another mother. Brother, where art thou? No, but Homeward Bound wasn't a movie in 1963, but The Incredible Journey was, which is... Oh, is that... Yeah. Oh! So the movie did she... Oh, oh, a little no. bit, yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's, he, did, he didn't see Homeward Bound. He saw The Incredible, Incredible Journey. Journey. And uh, I'm a dummy, and I just know Homeward Bound, so I just put Homeward to Bound To be fair, in <laughs> they're both the same movie. Like, that was, like, clicked on, like, other people have seen or have also looked for, and it was The Incredible Journey, so... Yeah, there you go. I feel like Homeward Bound was based off Are of The Incredible Journey. Are you telling me that Disney might have used another property to make a very successful movie? No, 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 no. I'm saying they originally made The Incredible Journey and then made Homeward Bound to, you know, that way you don't have to pay royalties to The Incredible Journey anymore. <laughs> huh. 
Hmm. I don't know. That doesn't sound like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, when has Disney ever done that? Anyways, tune in next week for Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> and Beauty and the Beast. We're actually doing a double of the animated and the live action. <laughs> but yeah. Um, God, what else to say about this movie? I don't think there really is much more. It It's one of those movies you kind of have to watch. And the tone of it yeah. and like the conversations is what carries it. It's It's not like a story-driven movie. So it's hard to just like sit down and be like, this is what happens in here to here. Because like it's the happening, and, like the A to B is not terribly interesting. No, it's almost in the same way of like um like a dinner with Andre almost. Because like a yeah. dinner with Andre, nothing really happens in that movie, but the conversations is what moves it forward. Yeah, that that that's such a, I'm not going to say fun, but that's such a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good, but it's, uh, I don't know if I could watch it again. I want to. That's the one where it's just some bloke sitting at a table for like three hours, right? Not three hours. It's an hour and a half. Yeah, it's an hour and a half, but it's literally just two guys sitting down and talking and uh, they, they while eating a, dinner. They get an entree and they... I remember you said you, that I would be annoyed because they waste a lot of food in that movie last time. We uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> tune in for that episode where I just yell about him not eating a whole plate of spaghetti. If we were to do that, we would have to do that with another movie. Because yeah. we can't Cloudy talk. with a chance of me For how hard it is to talk about this movie, it would be so much harder to talk about A Dinner with Andre. Yeah, because it's just two dudes talking, catching up on life and talking about the existentialism. Yeah. Which, weirdly enough, Dinner with Andre would work very well as a play. Yeah, it would work perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, existentialism has really been a constant theme throughout the whole podcast. It's almost <laughs> like there's been a pandemic for the last year or something. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I think we should, uh, final thoughts here and okay. wrap this one up. Sure. Uh, let's start off where we started on this, Robbie. Okay. So, I do, like I said, enjoy this movie. Um, it is very much a pessimist movie, but yeah. that's part of its charm, too. And that's, between that and, like, the actual music is good, Oscar Isaac does a very good job, because, like, I'm at least, like, 90% sure that he, you know... If he didn't know how to play guitar before, he learned how to play guitar for this, or at least learned the songs for this movie. Yeah. He's a good singer. He's a good um, guitarist. Good actor in this movie. Uh, he does a very good job playing the role that he plays in it. Um, It does have a very dour tone throughout the entire thing, but all in all, the movie's very well executed. I enjoy it. Um, But then again, like I said before, I'm a sucker for movies that deal with music like this, and this mm-hmm. one is... Very realistically, like I said, uh, there's a bunch of movies about that one time or that one person who, against all odds, made it. This is not one of those movies. No. This is no. this, this is, is the Disney. other this is the other thousand people who failed for that one person to succeed. Yeah, which and you it's, even get a, a hint of that at the end mm-hmm. whenever he's walking out with, to visit his the stranger in the alley. Bob Dylan's next up on set. Yep, because <laughs> I made that joke like that sounds like Bob Dylan. That is Bob Dylan. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like it's it's very rare to see a movie for the other guy. And I mm. do that's one thing that I do like about it. It's part of the movie's charm. Uh I I give it an eight point five. This one it's pretty good. I don't know if it it's probably not my favorite movie dealing with music, but it's a really good one. That would of course be August Rush. Actually, no, I think my favorite's probably Crossroads. <laughs> I like how you took that as August a Rush. suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Robbie does like August Rush. I, don't I do does. like August I Rush. I don't think he would have called it his favorite by any stretch, though. <laughs> it was at one point in time oh, until really? I found Crossroads. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> All right. But anyways, yeah. So I wouldn't say it's like a favorite, but still good. 
I'm debating on giving it a nine because it, it was really well done. I did enjoy this movie, but I'd say at least an eight point five because there are some scenes that just kind of drag on. But it's I don't know if I could. Uh, the movie almost needs those scenes to drag on yeah. because it's just the entire tone of the movie. So I would say if you like movies are pessimistic movies about musicians that are very much a slow burn to kind of just like I don't want to say it's a fizzle at the end, but it almost feels like it. Yeah, purposely though. Yeah, but very purposely done like that. But even if you just like Coen Brothers movies in general, I would highly suggest this movie. So, eight point five. All right. E. Hello. A thought. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I I think it's fine. It didn't really hit me in a lot of the ways that I think it could have. And like any movie ever, it really depends on like where you are in life. I think sure. for a lot of that kind of stuff. Um. Maybe when I'm at a point in my life, I'm not just kind of coasting along and trying to do my things and not succeeding at it. I'll feel different, but where I am now, it doesn't really, it's not really a movie I'm looking for. Gotcha. Um, I don't know, like, someday maybe I'll feel different. I de- Again, I in some ways I'm torn because I definitely, like, understand how this is a good movie in a lot of ways and like cinematography wise and again i think the writing's really well done but it just didn't resonate with me in a lot of ways and totally fair because of that i i'd say like a six still above average for sure and that might be the difference between that because like a couple years ago i was just kind of coasting through life so i think that's one reason why it resonates with me too on top of being a movie about music yeah Stay tuned for the reunion podcast when we're all super successful people. <laughs> Definitely gonna happen. <laughs> Fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Um. All right. Yeah. I I like this movie. I think it does does resonate with me more now than it did when I had first watched it. I didn't fall asleep this time, so I think that's a pretty good indicator. That's always a benefit with movies. The when fact you don't that fall asleep during them. Mm-hmm, yeah, it helps. It was a good sign that me and Dry are making jokes about it while laughing at certain parts. Yeah, like that's the other thing is like this is a very dour and pessimistic movie, but it's also extremely funny. Yeah, it like that's definitely with the writing, as I was saying, it's very yeah. well written. Yeah, and it's it's shot well. It looks perfect. There's there's this one hallway shot that I love so much. Like it's it's such a simple shot, but it's so fun. Um, is it Jean's hallway? It is. It's Jean's hallway, because it's just it's that very slim hallway you can barely fit through. It's the at the end there's a corner and the two doors right there, like right next to each other, and it kind of gives you this four by three aspect ratio because the sides of the hallway are cut off from the wall. It's it's honestly a very claustrophobic shot. It is. They do that. I feel like anyone who's lived in like shitty apartment stuff knows those hallways. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I lived in a shitty apartment. My hallway kind of sucked going yeah. in. It was impossible to get a couch out of there. Literally, it was impossible. We couldn't do it. We had to tear it apart and throw out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be f- <laughs> once again, whenever I was moving out of Salt Lake City, uh, I straight up told my mom because, like, her and my stepdad were coming to help me move out and everything. And I told them, like, I'm gonna need help getting that couch down because if not, it's coming down in pieces. There's no possible way I can get it down on my own. And they're just like, no, 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 don't do that to the couch. Like, to be fair, I didn't even care about the couch. Like, it was a couch <laughs> that was given to me for free. So the fact that I even had it was just didn't really matter, just taking up space in my apartment. Sure. But yeah, like uh it was even a struggle to get that damn thing down too, because we had really narrow stairs at that or at that apartment. And eventually like whenever we got downstairs, I just told like they asked, What do you want to do with this? Like, take it to the thrift store. <laughs> I don't want it. 
That's great. Uh, I mean, um, like, are, what are you going to do? Take that across the states? Yeah. Like, what? I mean, to be fair, the couch I have now is way better than that couch was. It's a nice couch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly really do like this movie. I would, I think I would agree with Robbie. I think it's an 8.5. I think there's one or two things that hold it back from from that nine or even a ten honestly yeah it's more cats it has it could use more cats i feel like it has the potential to be a nine or a ten but yeah there are some things that are kind of holding it back yeah i think this is one of those movies oddly enough to where it's probably going to hit you differently if you're watching it alone because i think in a group setting this is one of those movies like most emotional movies i would say actually um something that's like supposed to hit you to the core like it's you're not going to feel nearly as emotional in a group of people as yeah. you would if you were watching it alone in a dark room or something. I mean, to be fair, if I was watching this alone when I was still living in Salt Lake City, it probably would have hit me way different. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's one of those things to where your environment matters. Right. I think most movies, that's safe to say. You're, the environment you watch it matters quite a bit. Um, which doesn't take away from the movie. I think it's still a very good movie, but watching it alone, I think with the music and the tone and, and everything, I would I would probably feel way different afterwards right um but i liked it i liked it a lot 8.5 um e hello get us out of here actually wait no no that's no. my job that's no my job. let me start over <laughs> wash your hands 20 times a day <laughs> eat uh, your peas um e if people want to get a hold of us we're gonna do that uh we have a link tree l i n k t r dot e e slash l o i p that gives you the link to all of our social medias and it shows you where you can listen to us if you don't like what you listen to us on you can change it yeah you have the freedom to do so most likely i learned today with the r s s feed that we have i for some reason had limited the r s s feed to pushing out one hundred episodes at a time instead of our full catalog so that we had, like, including our live stuff, we had, like, 84 episodes just not showing up in an RSS feed. <laughs> so, that's dope. Nice. Fix that today. Congratulations. So, now you can listen to our entire archive. Yeah. Wow. Even our bad stuff that was... Oh, I said that backwards. Even our old stuff that was a little bit bad. No, I think you said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Even our bad stuff that was old. <laughs> now we do bad stuff that's new. Wow. <laughs> uh, we also have an email. That you can contact us at, at uh, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your guitars. Ooh, I think I've used that one before, but fine. So I don't care. Still do it. Yeah. Still send us your guitars. I will still take those guitars. Yeah. Uh, or records. One of those two. <laughs> uh, Robbie. Yes. Get us out of here. So. Wash your Re- hands. <laughs> wash your goddamn hands. <laughs> I work in a food place. I know how many of you don't wash your hands. Oh, it's so gross. It's pretty disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are out and about and at restaurants, please wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Um, if you can get vaccinated, go out and do it. It's important. Get your second dose. <laughs> and get your second dose because weirdly enough, people are getting their first doses and not their second. It's like, yeah, it's good enough. I'm walking out of here. I I think what it is is honestly people are like getting their first dose and like, well, that sucked. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, and the hair will be like, the second one's worse? Fuck that. Yeah. But yeah, definitely be cautious because of the Delta variant going yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. It's coming back around again. So if you can get vaccinated, please go do it. It is important. Wear a mask. Try to stay six feet away from each other. But if not, do what you can to stay home, stay alone, stay alive. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been with us since the very beginning, 
Thank you for listening. Thank you guys yeah. so much. Greatly appreciated for anybody who listens to us. Um, E, thank you. Yeah. Robbie, thank you. E. Yeah. Hopefully you guys had a great week last week. Hopefully this week's great. And hopefully next week is better. Talk to you guys then. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Uh, Verve, if you want to sponsor us, now all three of us have a reason to watch. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I, I have, <laughs> despite how I don't watch Verve very often, but I absolutely love what they have on there. Yeah. Actually, if you just want to give me like a year subscription so I can watch Digimon Try, <laughs> I'll put an ad in this video. I don't give a shit. Or That's definitely the ASMR you want. Someone fucking sucking on a Jolly Rancher broken in half. Have fun with those audio cues.